We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind rock knee items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. AugiesLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. What is up, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer. Mike Goolsby. And it's the Mike Goolsby Show. It's been a minute, I think, since... uh, What, Mike? The... National Signing Day show we did, talking about the, the last class, or probably did something after the bowl game, probably, right? Yeah, I think so. Either way, it's, either way Mike, it's been too long. It's been too, too long. long. Yeah, I get people asking me all the damn time, where's Mike Goolsby? What Mike Goolsby? I'm like, I thought you guys like Mike Singer, but apparently not as Mike Goul- not as much as Mike Goolsby. So, um, no, I've been keeping trying to keep abreast. Yeah, I, I've been popping in and watching all your kind of all the shows and he turned into a hell of a host, Mike. So it's good to be with you again. I appreciate it. Mike, what, what's your hoodie? What's your hoodie there for YouTube audience? State champions. Oh, this is uh, my high school alma mater, Joliet Catholic. Uh, I'm recently, uh, recently went into the hall of fame over there, but you can see here, Mike. Yep. I think there's 15 state championships. So it's a big time program. How many were you a part of? One. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. You, it was last fall you were inducted into their Hall of Fame, I believe. Again, yeah, something like that. Yeah, time's flying, man. Yeah. Time is flying. So, yeah. No they doubt. loaded me up on gear. Loaded me up on gear when I went back home. So, very appreciative of that. Yeah, love it. All right. Well, listen, Notre Dame fans. If you're watching us on YouTube, whether you're live with us or you're watching back, make sure you hit the thumbs up um, to, to help support what we're doing here at Blue and Gold. Subscribe to our channel. Um, drop comments um on youtube drop super chat uh we'll get to that live um there's there's a lot to talk about notre dame fans are angry today after the uh on three rankings update we'll talk about that uh but certainly marcus Freeman's first coaching staff um is where we're gonna kick off with mr goolsby and, and also if you're listening back via podcast appreciate you as well leave us a a nice review on apple or wherever you listen to your podcast so mr goolsby um Marcus Freeman had more hires than he probably <clears throat> thought he was going to have to make. You had unexpected assistance leaving in um, in Mike Elston to Michigan. Um, you had uh, Lance Taylor to Boston College and John McNulty. Um, um, I, I might have just messed that up. Lance Taylor to Louisville, John McNulty to Boston College. So yeah, he had to do a, a little bit more than than he thought. Um, but uh, what what do you think about the rankings? Excuse me, I'm reading I'm reading comments now and trying to talk at the same time. What do you think about his new hires? Yeah, it was uh, an interesting kind of transition. With yeah, a lot has happened. Truly, Coach Kelly takes off. It looks like everybody's going to stay on board. It's kind of a testament to Coach Freeman. And then slowly, 
over the coming weeks, there's some chinks in the armor, right? There's some holes we're trying to plug. So uh, kudos to Coach Freeman for kind of keeping it together. I think a big concern for fans, Mike, was the recruiting in terms of, you know, if we've got some coaching vacancies, how is that going to affect recruiting? But with Marcus Freeman being vocal and he's going to lead from the front, he is the lead recruiter. Me personally, it wasn't a huge concern that there was some coaching vacancies or, you know, some some continued transition there um, because he is such an elite um, and prominent recruiter. So it shaped up to be great. The biggest difference was the age of the guys. You know, Lance Taylor leaving is a younger coach. He's a running backs coach. Um, I think as far as like the X's and O's and in, in coaching football, Mike, there, yeah, it's like you kind of you kind of rely on your backs in, instincts. There's just not a ton of coaching that goes into that position. There really isn't. So it's just can he recruit? We'll check that box. Um, losing Coach Elston and losing Coach McNulty, that was a little bit more concerning to me. And we talked about this months ago when Freeman was hired was just that um, he's young. So to have some older guys on staff like an Elston or like a McNulty with their prior coaching experience, that just could help kind of prop Freeman up. So that was a little bit of a concern. Um, but the guys that he brought in are – super enthusiastic, very young recruiters. And um, to me, that was like why you hired Freeman was to kind of break through on the recruiting trail um, more so than anything. So that just kind of keeps with that theme. And Al Golden, um, you know, back, this is, you know, 20 years ago when I was still playing ball, I was at some workout or, and there was a couple I spent some time with a couple guys that played linebacker at Virginia and they were bragging about Al Golden. And this was 20 years ago, like Al's the man, et cetera. So like I knew about Al Golden and I'm like, he almost had legend status to these kids 20 years ago. So hopefully Al Golden can kind of re replicate that gray hair factor that you might've lost with McNulty and Elston. And I would say with McNulty out, you bring in, Harry Heastand, um, someone who... Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Someone who Tommy Reese said, this is the guy we had to have. So, you know, I, I even would, would mention um, Jared Parker, um, who was offensive coordinator and title, but Neil Brown, the, the West Virginia head coach, was calling the plays there. So, you know, I don't... Mm -hmm. But still, like Gerard Parker, plenty of experience... And I think Harry Heastan can kind of be that John McNulty. Um, and I think Al Golden sure. becomes your uh, – different than Mike Elston. But, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Mike. Marcus Freeman as a first-time head coach, like he definitely needed someone who has a lot of head coach experience – uh, you know, Al Golden hasn't been a defensive coordinator in like almost 20 years. And part of that is because he's been a head coach, you know, for Temple and Miami. Yep. I, I mean, w w would you say Al Golden was the biggest or, or, or best hire for uh, for Notre Dame? I want to say I want to say Al Washington's the biggest hire to me. Just because I don't think there's – and Elston's a great coach, was a great recruiter. I don't think there's going to be any drop-off in terms of 
and it might be a bump up in terms of recruiting um, at that position. So, and and I also like when we when we kind of at the end of these seasons, at the end of our last couple seasons, like you you take a step back and be like, you look at the roster, where are where do the holes still exist in a tech? Again, outside. So it's either at the receiver position or it's at the defensive back position. And then kind of third um, is like your interior defensive lineman in terms of becoming an elite program and having those specific body types, those 300 plus pound interior guys. Um, and I feel like hopefully Coach Washington can help us land a few of those Um so I think that to me was a bigger hire. It felt like Al Golden was kind of a, a, a given throughout the process. You just had to wait for the NFL season to to play itself out. Um, but yeah, I, I just I see like I see the upside with Washington, and that's it. Just it seems like the the biggest um, biggest hire as as far as I'm concerned. I like all of the coaches, I'm, but I'm also sure. you know you what's the term you give you, Mike? Eternal optimist. Yeah. So I like all of them. My favorite is is probably Chancey Stuckey. Just from what I've seen from this guy um, on on the recruiting front so far, and um, the um, the project he has rec- for receiver recruiting and rebuilding that room, you know, he's it's a it's a. I, I think no, you're not wrong. It. Yeah, you're you are an eternal optimist, and that's the way to be. But you're also uh, you always take the layups when it comes to these things. Like you take the layups. Chancy coach Coach Stucky's a layup, Mike. Layup you know, for just my is. favorite hire. Yeah, he's a, it's a it's like a lazy answer, dude. How Chan- it's a lazy answer? Well, because it's because the 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 problems in that wide receiver room are so glaring. Oh, so there's only only one way to go up, or there's only one way to go. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. It's just kind of an obvious answer, but that's okay. Yeah. And I would agree, it is a big hire, but you can't do much worse than Coach Alexander, right? I mean, the bar's pretty low there, so he's kind of starting at the at the ground floor. There's five or six kids in that room, and off we go. So, um, but I, you know, I don't really look at I don't look at we were, we were going to talk about pressure, Mike. Which coach? Yeah, you know, which coach has the most pressure on him? Um, and somewhat ironically, I think that Coach Stuckey has the least amount of pressure, again, because that bar is so low in terms of the performance of the wide receivers, the way we've recruited these kids, the way we've held on to these kids and have them not transfer out. So, um, yeah, I almost feel like there's not a lot of pressure on him. I, I think that – go ahead. I, I would just – I my pushback on that would be – they have to sign a really good receiver class. And that is like you talked about those three positions, receiver, quarterback, and cornerback and interior defense line. Like it's a mm-hmm. receiver's been a position of struggle and he's a, an inexperienced coach, at least on paper. Tommy Reese recently said, Hey, you know, he's, I don't see as inexperienced because of all the football he knows, but you know, tomato, tomato, but what about quarterback? Where does quarterback fit into those um, positions that Notre Dame struggled at? You know, when you you mentioned interior D line, receiver, and corner. Oh, interesting. 
that's a great point you make, Mike. <laughs> I do that from time to time. Well, yeah, from time to time. Um, we haven't landed a stud, right? We haven't landed a no-brainer five-star, but our quarterback play has been like, I mean, I guess sufficient is a, is a word. I mean, it's been it's been sufficient. We haven't had a game changer, you know, first round draft pick kind of Heisman contender consistently for a very long time. Um, but you know, again, it's been sufficient. So it hasn't been like as glaring to me as the wide receiver position, or in particular the cornerback position. So um, I know that we're in talks with a couple young studs, you know, namely one and Dante Moore, who I've watched his film a couple different times. And I think I texted you, I've become more of a fan of his uh, with each viewing of his, his film. I've, I see things more and more things that I really like. So that's interesting, but you know, I want to just kind of put a bow on that pressure conversation. Um, I think coach Mickens has a lot of pressure on him because he's kind of like, a holdover of that staff and real quick, we can get to Dante, but he's yeah, yeah. a holdover. So he's not like a part of this, you know, new click that's coming in. Um, and he's got a lot, he's got his work cut out for him over there as well too. So I think he's kind of on a, I hate to say use the term hot seat, but there's a lot of pressure on him in terms of developing some of these young kids, etc. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yes, I think I'm with you on the, like, this is a big year for him, this is year three at Notre Dame, but also... You know the holdover thing. Yeah, I remember Mike. He was uh he went to middle school and high school with Marcus Freeman or Mark Freeman. They're like best friends. So I, I I think he's got a job on that stuff no matter what. Mike, by the way, what are you drinking? Oh, just water tonight, dude. You know what yeah. I'm drinking? I'm drinking sparkling water. Mm-hmm. So look at us. We did not plan that. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, be honest with you, they're having a um. For the spring game, I, t- I talked to you about this. They're having kind of a they're, – they're, they're, they've got a nice little agenda for ex-players like myself. And I'm like, man, if I go out there, I might try and drop like 10, 20 pounds you know, before I get out there. So uh, it's like going to a class reunion. In a month from now? So I'm going to try and – oh, sure. Three and a half weeks. You can do it? Oh, Wait, easily. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two months. I'm sorry. I was thinking March. Yeah. Like but no, you could drop ten pounds in a month. That's not. Yeah, go quit keto. Difficult. Go quit keto. Yeah, it's not real difficult. Yeah, so so I'll be trying to uh, lay off the beers, you know, and it's yeah. So, anyways, that's right, where well, I'm here, at. here's a little off the cuff question. Okay. I mean, I I would imagine they're going pretty far back, inviting all sorts of Notre Dame football <laughs> alumni for this, right? say past 40 years or so i don't know who would you most want to see there who would you want to talk to maybe ask some questions and is there anyone you don't want to see there mr goolsby this is obviously not a planned question for you so who would i most be excited to see um 
I've met a lot of like the, I've met Joe Montana. I've met Jerome Bettis, you know, uh, this is a great story. Uh, maybe not great, but we played in this game in Japan. Did you ever hear about this, Mike? Mm-mm. I think this is 2006. Yeah, 2006, 2007. They took a bunch of ex-Notre Dame football players, and we had a tryout, et cetera, and Lou Holtz coached the game, and we went over to Japan, and we played their, like, national team. So basically, like, they play tackle football over there, and it's actually called the XFL. You can look this all up. And um, so they had a tryout. And then we go like we we had a tryout, and then we had like two days of two a days. Then we get on a plane and we flew over to Tokyo. We played in the Tokyo Dome. Tim Brown was like a guest coach. Chris Zorch was on the staff, and uh, that was a really interesting experience to get a, to get a chance to like play for Coach Holtz. I was fortunate enough to be named captain for that game. So like bar trivia, Mike. And who was the captain for like Lou Holtz's last game? It was your boy over here. You know, I was like, oh, you know, so um, and Tim Brown after the game, he was like, Why aren't you still playing football? Because I was, you know, two, three, four years out of getting bounced out of the NFL. So I have it all on DVD. Dude, look at yeah. this. You had an interception. Oh, I killed it, dude. I had a tackle on fourth and one. And I swear to you, man. So I was like, when we were over there. We all got drunk as a skunk, you know, to try and like sleep on the plane before we took off or we departed South Bend. That didn't work. So I was kind of up the whole flight. And then I never left the hotel. They put us up at the Ritz Carlton. I never left the hotel because I was like, I sat there. I was like, how many times have I thought about playing ball? And at that point, you know, I'm 26 years old. Like it's still very, you know, very much a part of my being. I was like, I've never thought about going to Japan. I'm like, to hell with Tokyo. Like I want to, I want to focus on this game and I wanted to get MVP. Had I scored on that interception, I think I would have, I would have won the MVP, but great experience. So yeah, that was an opportunity for me to answer your question. That was an opportunity for me to a lot of these legendary guys like Zorich and and Tim Brown and that. Uh, So, but who would I be excited to see? Um, An ex, you know, teammate of mine, Derek Curry, we were co-captains together. I love Derek and I haven't seen him in, a number of years so he said he's going to be out there so i'd like i'd like to see guys like that guys that i played with that you sort of fall out of touch with but the bond's still there so um hopefully gary gotti notre dame fans remember gary gotti he's one of the funniest people i've ever met in my life it'd be great to see him mike that was an amazing story i don't know how i didn't know that well that's would have oh Lou yeah would've. that was Lou it was a, it more about it than you yeah and i was there yeah it was uh yeah, it was, you know, and I went out, I went out, left the hotel, like, I think it was the night before the game or whatever. I was like, all right, fine, I'll go out. And I ended up going to like a TGI Fridays or something like, you know, quite the tourist. But yeah, didn't get a chance to see much of much of Tokyo, but um, we did end up winning the game. So that was very, very cool. Yeah, 19-3. I love it. Just because I always like to throw a softball up there for Goolsby if you want to get spicy. Is there anyone you don't want to see? You don't have to answer. We can move along. I could tell you this. In my four and a half years at Notre Dame, there was only one teammate, maybe two, that I didn't that I didn't love and would take a bullet for. God's honest truth. So the 
So like, yeah, but I mean, we're talking 20. So, oh, you love them all. I mean, they're your teammates. So there's only a couple guys where I was just kind of like, you know, F that guy. But uh, outside of that, no, I'd be excited to see all of them. Okay. And hopefully, hopefully hopefully that becomes kind of a trend with Coach Freeman. And, you know, they're opening up practice to us and all that. So it's going to be – and my my thing is I haven't been back to South Bend in years. I have a kid that I trained who's a walk-on over there, so it'd be great to see him. Um, But, you know, I look at it like as a football alum, if if Coach Freeman's going to take this step to try and reconnect with former players, like I definitely want to meet him halfway, right? Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, if you're just joining us uh, live here on YouTube, watching back, um, just a quick quick note. Um, site move special at, at blueandgold.com here on our website. A dollar for the first year of premium access. Here's what the sign-up page um, looks like. Um, some of this uh, text down here is basically saying, I finally learned this after a minute, um, if you – subscribe and then cancel like pretty much right away um then you lose your your membership you know you can't you know sign up for, for you know for a dollar for a year and then uh and, the, and then dip out and get the rest of the year so sign up mark down in your tell siri to remind you when your renewal is and i we really do feel like by uh by the year up by the end of your first year you will be uh, wanting to stick around um at blue and gold um dot com um mike Anything else with the coaches? Do we, do we feel good there? Do you, do you want to give a letter grade um, for, you know, for, for how Freeman did in his, in his first? Uh, first I think, year? I think it's, I think it's too early, but I, th- I think it's, it's too early to have a letter grade, but we're going to take some lumps. Well, let's just, I guess this is, this is falls into the coaching conversation categorically. One of the downsides to, Elston taking off and having some more transition, bringing in coach is just the the timing of it all in terms of like spring balls literally right around the corner. Uh, and these guys have been recruiting their asses off. And then it's like, okay, now we got to switch gears and we got to throw a practice together. So there's going to be a certain degree of like discombobulation um, as they kind of, you got a first time head coach. I mean, it's, it's not that it's, I don't want to, it shouldn't be messy but I do think that we should sort of temper as fans, temper our expectations of what we want to see coming out of this spring. Um, schematically, Mike, uh, I do think with that younger staff, that kind of energy, new coat, yeah, it's an, everybody's got a new lease on life. I, I do think you'll see a lot of competition periods. Um, and there's so many young kids that have enrolled early. I think, I think that would really be the, the, no-brainer approach to spring ball is let's let's just compete our asses off and then these coaches can take that information and work on the scheme between now and camp notre dame fans if you're with us live here and you have some questions drop them in the live chat i'm saving a few of them that i thought were good so far but uh, only way to guarantee that we answer your question is by dropping a super chat um we actually have a quick word from a sponsor who is also a big name Notre Dame, um, a former player. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play this video and, and I'm going to hope it works. Hmm. What's up, Notre Dame fans? It's Reggie Brooks. I'm here to tell you I'm meeting my biggest fans on Meat League. Let's talk Notre Dame football past and present. 
A portion of the proceeds will go to the Hostess Heroes Foundation. And one lucky winner will win two tickets to the BYU Notre Dame game in Las Vegas. So download Meet Lead or to your iPhones and meet me at Meet Lead. He, he misses block. He forced Rick Wright and he's like, ran out of options real quick. So that's Meet Lead. Yeah, Reggie Brooks. Um, Patrick Engel and Tyler Horka at, um, at Blue and Gold did their uh, Irish Huddle podcast today. Nana Asafamensa, Notre Dame Rising junior defensive lineman. He's a part of it. So kind of a cool thing there where um, it's like a cameo, um, but like live. So you can talk with them live. So I think that's a, a pretty cool thing. Uh, meet Leet, uh, lots of Notre Dame guys on there, past and present players. Goolsby, we've got to get you on there. People would love to have Goolsby. Between that and trying to sell some merch, yeah, we'll look into it. <laughs> Dude, Goolsby, you're a businessman. That's that's what I know for sure, man. You you uh you always always have some ideas for, for some different Well stuff. everybody's selling merch. I think I think, you know, if we came up with a cool cool design, I think it's uh hopefully people might might be interested, but we'll see if we ever cross that bridge. Yeah. We got nothing but time, right? Hopefully. Hopefully, Mike, you want to talk some 2023 quarterback recruiting? Um, yeah, we, let's get it. Let's get out just a little, little bit. We'll touch on it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll pop on here for YouTube. Dante Moore film. What, what, what do you think about him when you, when you see him on tape? This is, you know, the quarterback recruit who I have a prediction in for Landon Notre Dame um, from Detroit, Martin Luther King high school, five-star according to the on three consensus ranking. What, what do you think, Mike? Well, Mike, can you get into, and if you can't, just tell me, but can you get into what what led to you putting in that crystal ball prediction? Like the you know, let, the conversation let, you had, yeah. something you heard? You want me to do that now, or do you want to break them down first? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, it's It's really not super complicated. You talk to people at Notre Dame and kind of sources around the program and – folks feel good and uh you know the the conversations about you know the, the prediction come about and you know just again folks felt good and then you look at what was happening at other programs you know he, he's looking at lsu and miami some of these schools down south i don't see it i think it's notre dame michigan michigan stent michigan state or penn state did i say ohio state them too but I don't, I don't think the Buckeyes are super involved. The Spartans took a quarterback commit already. Um, Michigan lost Josh Gaddis, which is why he's now considering Miami more because Gaddis is at Miami. So you just kind of look at it from both sides. Like Notre Dame sources feel good and Moore has been to Notre Dame a bunch. He's got a great connection with Tommy Reese. And then some of these other programs are faltering a little bit. So that that's, uh, that, that's my thought there, Mike. Okay. Yeah. Well, so my, and I'll tell you this, you know, you're the, you're the glass half full guy. I'm the glass half empty guy. So I, when I sit down to look at, you know, some, some new offer kid or some new commit or what have you, um, I always look at it like from a negative perspective, like, Hey, would I even offer this kid that that's where I start. So like, I, I like it from a hypercritical perspective. So like my first thought on Dante Moore was like, his his release looks kind of screwy to me. I don't like his release. And then I'm watching it more and more, and it's quick as hell. You know, the launch point's a little bit low, but I'm like, 
It's so quick. It's perfect for that kind of RPO offense that Coach Reese likes to dabble with. Um, great size, very competent size, um, athletic enough, but doesn't look to run like he he does a lot of that. And you hate to Pat Mahomes is such a lazy comparison, but like well, he'll step in the pocket, then he drifts to his left to keep his eyes downfield. Got real loose hips so he can snap that ball. Like he doesn't need a um he doesn't need a perfect platform to kind of throw off of. He's just got that kind of whip of an arm. So it's uh yeah, you could see why he's a five star kid. And based off everything you hear about him off the field, leadership and tangibles, things like that, it really, really seems to make sense. Um, what's also Somebody can correct me on this, but I I believe isn't Jerome Bettis is from Detroit, right? Yes, yes. So, and I feel like Jerome's gotten around the program a little bit more. Got a great Jerome Bettis story. Yeah, they could be students together. What's that? Well, I think Jerome's wrapping up soon, but yeah. But I yeah, I mean that that's just uh, that that stuff's fun to talk about from a fan perspective. Like the is that serendipitous? You know, like an all-time great from Detroit. And then you maybe got this, this five-star kid coming. It's just fun to, fun to think about, but um, yeah, I see it. I see it with him on film. I haven't got into the, what's the other kid, Chris? Um, Vizina. Yeah. So don't, I haven't looked at his film yet. Uh, well, we can change that. I think I got it somewhere. Okay. I think it's on nothing my- beats oh. watching film live on your iPhone on a, one and a half inch screen <laughs> all right let's see if i can't the Look. best Ooh, that's even yeah we're going down to one inch <laughs> i got you mike all right let's tell so this is chris vizina on three dead uh, their up rankings update they actually moved him past um more so um you got three five-star quarterbacks at the top um this so this is kind of confusing but so on three has their own rankings and then there's ESPN 24-7 and Rivals. You put those four together and make a baby, and it's the on-three consensus. So more is an on-three consensus five-star, but on-three has them as a four-star. So hopefully that makes sense. So yeah, more is a five-star, um, but uh, you know, on-three did their own rankings again and had Vizina move past more. So all right. So this is your first time watching them. What do you think, Mike? So you can kind of watch them, watch them live here and get your first thoughts. This is completely different delivery. From the get-go, I don't like that either. That big wind-up where he's got that Dante Culpepper where he brings that ball back like that. But we'll see. I mean, that's a great run. Where does this kid play, Mike? Where's he Where's he from? It's about 5A ball in Alabama. Okay. So it, it's it's decent competition, but he's, some of these kids on defense look very small and unathletic. So like he, he's at a, a, a Christian school, um, but st- still – Pretty sure. good competition in Alabama, but certainly you, you see the wheels a little bit more, and, and like the the playing comparison of a stylistic at quarterback is um, Josh Allen for him. I'm just watching. How tall is he? Uh, six four. Six, six three and a half. Six four. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry for podcast um, audience. This is. No, Nothing no, no. So I would say, you know, I watch, I've watched quite a bit of one of my best friends is a diehard, diehard Bills fan. So I've kind of become a proxy, Bills fan via proxy. Um, I would say that this kid, ironically, is like more refined than Josh Allen. Josh Allen does so many things, even in his third or fourth year in the NFL. It's like, man, that was goofy as hell. 
So he looks this kid to be looks to be a little bit more refined. Um but not as not not nearly as twitchy as uh you know honestly like the, if anybody remembers Ryan Mallett, remember Ryan Mallett yeah. that played at Arkansas? Arkansas. I think it was at Arkansas. Patriots, yep. Just that big, huge, strong arm. I can see that like with this the a way mobile, he kind of uncorks that ball. Mobile Ryan that's, Mallett. That's who, Mallett was a statue. Yeah, well, he was also like six seven, right? Right. But that's this kid. Uh, he looks. This is just me watching it. He looks like he's heavy in a, in a good way, like stout. Like he has heavy feet, like big hands. He doesn't look as twitchy as Dante Moore does to me, um, in any capacity. So looks a little bit long strider. I like them both, but yeah, if if I had to pick, I'd take Dante over over this kid because if you can't protect this kid i think he might struggle a little bit more than dante would just with this kind of spontaneity so that's my take both great players i mean but this kid's much more of a big arm kid um and a lot of these runs where you're seeing like that's not realistic at a power five level you understand yeah if you Whereas, get, like, if he's if he if he's if this kid's gonna run for twenty yards on a on a random scramble, I feel like Dante's gonna step up, slide out, and keep his eyes downfield, which is what you'd prefer. Sorry, Mike. I was I was gonna have a long pause there before I talk, before I spoke again. If you put on the board Vizina, Dante Moore, or Prime Tom Brady, all I gotta say is give me Steve Angeli. That's right. I knew it was coming. <laughs> or Joe Alt. Joe Walt played. Yeah, if, if, if Angeli, yeah, I was just gonna say, if Angeli gets hurt, we'll just we'll sub in Joe Walt, um, and off we go. And then Dante Moore can go in at quarterback. Yeah, and then we'll clone for the fans at home. We'll clone Rocco Spindler so he can play right guard and left tackle. Um, perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on, Mike. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what we have um, next to talk about. Running back conversation. Chris Tyree, Logan Diggs, you know, after a couple of fantastic years of Kyron Williams for Notre Dame's running back um, room, new face. And curious your thoughts, because like I said, they are different styles of backs. Who would you have as your lead carrier uh, for this upcoming season, Mike? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's talk about styles. And we'll maybe swap out the term or the word style for skill sets. Okay. Right. So watching Kyron 
which to me was doing like it was truly his breakout year was kind of last year because he made uh he made some great runs just based off of ability balance you know toughness heart there was nothing there and he was just gutting out yards breaking tackles whatever and then Kyron was having success with that and then it looked as though Tyree started to kind of model that same running style stop start wide base a little bit of shake that's not Tyree's style of ball so put that to the side I'm a big fan of Tyree just because of that elite speed what he did at the opening you know it's like the fastest kid there at the these premier kind of showcase event via Nike um big fan of his I'm not, there's a lot I'm going to say here Mike so I'm trying to keep myself on on task here I don't think that Chris Tyree can be your your bell cow 20 plus carry a game I don't think he's going to be asked to do that Logan Diggs like looks like uh I mean he looks like Ezekiel Elliott like I mean he's got like the prototypical body type measurables for a, a running back Logan Diggs looks looks the part um so based off of body type I would say that Logan Diggs might get the majority of the the carries Mike but in terms of touches because there's a difference right so in terms of catches total touches return yards etc I feel like um Tyree is going to be really, really fun, and this should be a breakout year for him. One of the biggest reasons is during spring ball, there's such there's such limited numbers at the wide receiver positions that they're probably going to be, and I don't know if this is new information or not, but they've got to cross-train Tyree at that um, kind of a slot wide receiver, create some really unique ma- uh, mismatches with linebackers and safeties, whatever, because not a lot of people – at the division one level are going to be able to run with Chris Tyree if he's fully healthy. He wasn't fully healthy last year, which is going to hurt his chances for coaches to truly, I can't build a game game plan or I can't build an offense around a kid that sprains his toe and he's, he's a lesser player because of it. being part of like, I mean, Jerome Bettis, we're talking about Jerome Bettis. I mean, Jerome, part of, part of the, the position of a running back is you've got to be able to play dinged up. You've got to be able to play hurt and um trust with a new coaching staff Tyree's gonna have a a difficult time getting them to fully buy in if you sprain a toe and then you start it it affects your performance um but that's okay and I don't I also think like training kids there's certain kids that are like track type athletes and then there's certain kids that are football players Tyree to me is like a track type athlete and if they've got the littlest twinge in their Achilles tendon or the slightest little pull in their and their quadricep, it gets in their head. They're just, it's like, um, you know, uh, you could drive a Toyota Camry across the country, you know, and it's like if a, if a Ferrari has like one little thing wrong with it, it's like it's in the shop, right? That's where I'm at. Dude, that, did you just pull that out of your ass, that little analogy? Oh, the Ferrari thing? That was great. Yeah, well... Yeah, it's like so. What are you gonna trust? What is that coach? What what player is? What vehicle is coach gonna trust for a cross country road trip? He's gonna a Toyota something. It's like it's not the flashiest, but it does everything really well. Great skate dependability, gas mileage, safety, etc. That Ferrari might be fun, but it's like, well, dang! If we get one check engine light, like 
we can't drive it. Yeah, but you're, what you're saying, you're not trying to turn this into a you know Tyree Bash fest. You start mm-hmm. off by saying you love them. The Ferrari has its place too, man. That's you know like that's yeah. what, that's what you're saying. You got a two car garage here, might as well use it. Oh, I like that. And then we don't want to forget about Estime. And then the other thing that we talk about the backs, Tyree versus Diggs, how they complement one another. Um, and I think that, and I think I've maybe told you this off record, but I thought that Tyree was more physically gifted than Kyron was. But Ky- so much of what Kyron made, let's hear me out. So much, so much of what, and we'll see how physically gifted Kyron is come this combine, right? Is he going to run? Four four something because when Tyree goes in the combine, he's going to run four three something. He has elite speed. So much of this conversation with these backs is dependent on the offensive line coach, he stand, etc. So Tyree is a home run hitter. I think teams are going to fear that outside zone. He should be. There should be some cutbacks if Jared Patterson starts moving people. So um, we should definitely see the, the workload. Be sh- I think you're. I think you're just as likely to see Estime and Diggs split carries, and then Tyree's out there as a gadget guy, uh, wide receiver slot type guy, because that's how he's going to make his money in the NFL, right? And that's how I would sell it to him. So that's. I think you'll see a three-headed monster, and so much of this depends on how the offensive line comes together with Coach Eastan. Yeah, I really like Chris Tyree. I love them as a recruit and never thought he was a five star because I never thought he was like a every down back. But when I remember seeing him in person um, as a recruit and then seeing him, you know, at Notre Dame, he seems like a one cut and go guy. There's, I don't think he's got like, yeah, the wiggle, the yeah, balance. That he's got the wiggle. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think he's like a, a, a twitchy athlete. You know, oh, I, he is a twitchy athlete. He he is a twitchy athlete. But you're I think saying in terms of acceleration, but I don't, I don't know, man. Like I I I don't see him as like a. You he know, won't get a dirty yards. He as a route get... runner. You don't. I don't. No, I think okay, he we'll can see. give me a five yard out. Boom! I think he'll be really good at that. Like I think Avery Avery Davis has. Uh, maybe this is just me because I'm on the Avery Davis hype train. Like I really like him at, at, at the slot. Like I think he's he's a darn good route runner. I don't know something that's I will have to train at. We'll see. But you know, then this is the the fun stuff. This is what's what gets us through the off season, Mike. So the handcuffs are off, the training wheels are off of Coach Reese and his ability to call plays, scheme things up. So we saw in the Oklahoma State game, we threw the ball 58 times or whatever it was. So. And you could do a lot. I'm just saying you could do a lot with Tyree if he starts out in the backfield and we've got split backs and we're in 21 personnel and then he walks out. Safety's got to come down. So now Michael Mayer is one-on-one. There's so much flexibility and creativity that um, a, a kid like Tyree can afford a coach like Reese without, you know, again, the constraints of um, Bayou Brian you know, looking over his shoulder. What about some 22 personnel? this season i mean if notre dame is you know not a strong at the receiver position and you got great tight ends and running backs what about some 22 mm-hmm. what do you, what do you... well yeah there's it's all maybe not 22 but maybe more 12 maybe more 11 maybe but... 12 with tyree in the slot you know yeah like... yeah so it's like it's 12 with an asterisk it's going to be 22 with an asterisk but you know 
I was brutalized by Norm Chow and USC's offense way back when, you know, the, the Carson Palmer's, Matt Leinert's, Reggie Bush's, you name it. And so much of what they did was like zone boot. And I'm a huge fan of zone boot offense. And like with, with these quarterbacks, with it, whether it be Pine or whether it be Buckner, I mean, if you get him on a boot, it's like he's got a, a one-two read, then he pulls it down and runs. It's almost unstoppable. And then you get a home run threat like a Reggie Bush slash, you know, Chris Tyree, right? I mean, that's a huge jump, but the speed is there. Um, and if you, yeah, so who who knows? But I mean, you go under center if you do that and Coach Reese doesn't do that. So I get lost, but I do think you're going to see, I do think you're going to see Tyree hopefully have 30 plus catches. And I think that Diggs and Estime might do a little bit of, uh, have a little bit of a timeshare back there. Because he's looked great, too. You know, estimate the limited carries, but he's looked great. Yeah. It's a great backfield. Lance Taylor left that room in a better position mm-hmm. than he found it. All right. Quick housekeeping items as, as we kind of start to wind down the show. We typically go about an hour, and we're 43 minutes in here. Um, hit the thumbs up. Blueandgold.com. Have that dollar for one year premium access deal. Um, you know, shoot me a tweet at Mike T. Singer. If you have any issues with that, any questions, holler at me. Shoot me an email, msingerbloomandgold.com, whatever it takes. We want to get you guys on the site uh, and, and so you guys can check out uh, our new home of blueandgold.com. We do have a super chat. Um, and uh, for the while, I stopped sounding the alarms, but I say screw it, Mike. So <laughs> Daniel says no question. Uh, he doesn't have a question for us. The Goolsby Japan football story was worth a donation, so um, drops us a ten spot. I, I really appreciate that, Daniel. And he, thanks, Daniel. Yeah, I've got, I've got. There's a lot. There's a lot of layers to that Japan trip. I mean, obviously, uh, but some of those aren't. You also YouTube, said you had a Jerome you know. Bettis story. Oh we, yeah, we hear let's it? get to more questions. But so. Um, 2003, Notre Dame played at Pittsburgh University of, and they shared a stadium with the Steelers, and they may still. I don't. I don't know. I think they did. And Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis talked to us, and and I was hurt that year, uh, but I traveled, and Jerome Bettis talked to us in the locker room. I think the night before the game, like after a walkthrough, saying whatever you know, speech about playing hard or whatever. And at the end, as he's kind of wrapping it up takes a long pause and he's like now he's like i see all you mfers he didn't say mfers he's like i see all you mfers eyeing me up he's like i need you to know he's like you cannot take me he's like none of y'all can take me we all started laughing because you're like looking at him you're like oh i could take him you know i could tackle him or whatever he's like none of you mfers can take me you know it just we just busted out laughing it was great so you're thinking Great. of an Oklahoma drill and, and how you would you do against Bettis? You think you could have taken him? Well, you just because you look at you look at guys, you know, like I when I was I spent time with the St. Louis Rams way back when, and you look at uh, you know, like Marshall Falk with his shirt off at that point in his career. And I remember he didn't even practice, like he'd be eating a hot dog or something to practice because he was Marshall Falk. And you're like, dude, he can't be that good. You know what I'm saying? But they some of these, some of these guys, these football gods. You look at Jerome Bettis, you're like, ah, but, you know, because that was, you know, fairly close to when he had stepped away from the game. But how do you, ta- how do you tackle a guy that's, 
as big around as a you know an ottoman i mean he's just a massive person like how do you wrap that guy up dude you know? I, for, I forget about some of these stories you have it's pretty great that was a good one all right oh no, sure there's plenty more where that comes yeah. from yeah maybe i get on meat lead and start sharing them mike dude i'll we'll, we'll i'll have my people talk to your people Dennis dropped at the 10 spot. Great show uh, tonight, guys. Says, go Army. Yes, appreciate it, um, Dennis. All right, we do have a couple more items to get to quickly, Mike, and then we can um, do a fire, rapid fire in um, in questions. You know, you, you had told me you can talk about Isaiah Foskey as literally much as, as humanly possible. Um, what, what What's on your mind, you know, when you talk about Isaiah Foskey going in, to this year that kind of feels like a an extra year for him like he could have entered the nfl draft and been a pick here you know first second day guy um came came back to notre dame what are you expecting for for from him this season well help me help me get this thought out mike but he's a special player in the same in the same way that kyle hamilton's a special player um and uh, I just, I just, I just want us to like. I mean, he he's gonna be a top five, top ten pick. He will be. He's an exceptional player, and I think that. And maybe it's maybe it's not a Notre Dame fan thing, Mike, but maybe it's just fandom in general, where it's like we're always on to the next thing. We're always looking. Oh, well, what about uh, Jordan Batello? Right? It's like, well, you got Isaiah Foskey right here. So I don't want anybody to discount or take for granted how special of a talent he is. Um, and just see what his the upcoming season turns into for him. So it's like, and then also couple that with, you know, right now for 2023, we've got the number one recruiting class in the country, right? And that may change, but to become a marquee program to beat the Bamas of the world, you know, the Ohio States, the Clemsons, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You have to start having some of those um first round draft pick. So he's a, a no brainer first round draft pick, but I think Isaiah Foskey could leave here like as an all time great. No, I mean, all time great. Um, and I just think it's important. So you've got I, Hamilton, we'll see how it shakes out with him in the draft. And then you've got Foskey and then who's like the next one, right? And then you kind of start that trend and that that bleeds into recruiting. And um, I just, like I said, just don't take the kid for granted. He's a really, 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 really special player. Let's talk a little linebackers, Mike. Do you have like a a unit for for Mike Will and Rover that you would like to see? Like, what would be your starting group if you know you you could project one right now? What what you would like the best? So, I'll play along. So this is we're not rotating anybody. Sure, we're not rotating. Like this is this is the linebacker core. Bowers your Mike, Collie's your Will, and Sneed your Rover. That's dream dream scenario. So Sneed. if you're going to rotate people, go ahead. Sneed is a true frosh. He's the only, and we were talking about this prior to going on air. In terms of the body type, um, genotype, phenotype, I don't know what they mean, archetype. Like he <laughs> is a Rover. He is a Rover. Long, fluid. Um, he's going to have a lot to learn and that's, that's going to be the thing. So I think you're going to, they're going to play him as a true freshman. They're, they almost have to, especially with recruiting. Like we sign a five-star kid and then he sits on the bench. That's not good for, 
branding and recruiting. He's going to play. I think they'll use him situationally as like a he can rush. I think he can be an edge rusher. I really do blitz him and or just be like it's third and nine. Go in and lock up the tight end. Just give him a very simple responsibility. Um, and and before we got Snead, you know, Kali was the the next best thing. And he, I told you, everybody like, oh, you're like, yeah, he's going to be a rover. No, he ain't a rover. He grew into a will. That kid's got crazy genetics um, just to, in terms of the ability to put on muscle and pack on size. So he is a modern day will linebacker. I don't care that he's a little bit on the shorter side. That's what's in vogue for the position. And then, um, you know, Marist is an interesting one. I think people have fallen in love with Marist. And I think people like the idea of what he could be. But the last time we saw Marist plan, you can see it, right? You could see the fluidity. You could see the violence. But um, he had a lot to learn. I mean, he was a bit of a liability the last time that he got consistent reps in terms of, like, just making mistakes and poor eye discipline. So he's had another year to mature, step away from the game, dealing with injury. So hopefully there's some potential there. But all these, all these pieces are – it seemed they seem to be interchangeable, whether about, it's like, I think, go ahead. What about Bertrand? Um, Bertrand played his ass off and played so much football that the coaches know what they have with him. And he's a little bit limited, man. And I think that got exposed and sort of got brought to the surface during the bowl game. So... He can play a mic. He's not athletic enough to play Will. I think he could be a first and second down thumper as a, as a mic. I know he takes football real seriously. But, I mean, if we're trying to go to the next level and we're trying to be elite, he's not the, he's not the athlete that you want. It's just, he's just – he plays his ass off. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think he'd be an incredible, like, fullback or something like that. But he's, like, a slightly more athletic Drew White. You know, that's, he's just, they're, 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 some of these kids, they get like, JD's so focused on training and nutrition and all this, they get too bound up in it muscle wise. And it takes away from their ability to actually play the game. So Marist is going to be fun to watch. Kali's going to be fun to watch, see what becomes of that Rover. But there's, there's like, oh, the, the conversation with Rover Mike is always like, oh, they, he could play Rover. He could play Rover. And it's like, Sneed to me, it's just like it's a straight, it's a straight connection. Like he is a rover. It's not like, oh, he might be able to play rover. So Okay. Anyway. We did have one more thing we want to talk about. I think we're gonna hold this for our next time. We can talk about Yo, let's get to some questions. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about Tyler Buckner another time. We're we're well, yeah, okay. we'll, we'll we'll get into Tyler Buckner expectations in a in a show um sometime next month. Uh all right. Yeah, I, I did say cue up a few questions for you, Mike. I think we've got some good ones here. Uh, make sure you guys hit the thumbs up, subscribe, do all do all that crap. Appreciate it. Michael Park says, Goolsby, why did you wear 41? Oh, great question. So growing up, Michael Parks, I was a big dude, diehard Barry Sanders fan. Diehard. Like I would cut out his uh clippings in the newspaper and stuff. Like and I wrote so many like papers about him in grade school that like the teachers talked to my parents. They're like, 
you know, because they give you like assignments to write about like your summer. And somehow I'd start talking about Barry Sanders. I was obsessed with Barry Sanders. So I wanted to wear number 20 when I went into high school. Um, I played defensive end as a true freshman, first time playing football. I wore number 64. They moved me up to varsity next year as a 14-year-old. So I'm a sophomore playing varsity. I'm the low man on the totem pole. So I get last pick of jerseys. And I got 20 there. And I got number 41 were basically my two options. And I picked up 20 and I walked all the way upstairs. And I was like, nah. And I went back down there and I put it back and I took 41. I couldn't tell you, but I was just like, I don't want to wear 20. I was like, I, I, I wanted to wear 41. You didn't want to make and I thought that it was a great number. In hindsight, it was a great number because four, Mike, is your power number. One's kind of your speed number. You know, very underrated number, 41. You didn't want to make Sanders look bad. I get it. Yeah, that's fair. That low key, better. Like low key, we could, it could be a Mike Goolsby movie where um, I, I feel like that's a great, you know, you got the clippings of, of Goolsby watching Barry Sanders on TV and then he throws down the 20 jersey and goes and picks up 41. I like it. Well, I just, I, I, I'll say this and I tell this to all the kids that I interact with and anybody watching at home. Like, um, I consider myself like super fortunate. Like when I grew up as a kid, like I got to watch, I mean, I was in the throes of like Michael Jordan's prime. Like I got to see Mike Tyson. I got to see Barry Sanders. Like, I don't know if kids have those sports idols anymore. I really don't. I don't know. There's so much content out there, like Snapchat, Instagram, all this crap, TikTok. It's like, do these kids really watch sports anymore? Like I grew up without cable television, watching like VHS tapes of like, Larry Bird, a basketball legend, you know, and it was super formative. And I, I just think that's something that kids should watch more sports and really, if you say you love football, then why don't you watch it? You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Yes. Yeah, so, so you were a nineties kid, right? Yes. That was your teenage years, right? Late nineties. Yeah. yeah. I was born in 82. So yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just, and I remember I hated Emmett Smith because he had the great offensive line and it was like Barry Sanders had a terrible offensive line. I just, I was just such a big fan of how he handled himself. He, you know, he never really had any endorsement deals. I know Nike made a shoe for him, but I just was a big, 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 big Barry Sanders fan. I'd love to meet the guy one day. Yeah. So now I'm thinking about me growing up. It was Michael Vick, hated Michael Vick, grew up in Atlanta. And uh, all my buddies were, at, were Michael Vick fans. And meanwhile, I was a suffering Dolphins fan. Still am. It sucks. Try being a Dolphins fan the year after Marino retires. That's been my life. It, it's, it's. But when did you, but you grew up in Florida, right? I bounced. I, I've, this is my third time living in Atlanta. And I lived in Florida three times. So. Okay. So when did you, because I thought you told me you grew up playing like tennis and badminton and stuff. When did you get into football? Uh, I mean, I always liked football as a kid, but I didn't start playing organized until high school. And, mm. um, first day I ever put on pads was third practice of freshman year. And cause the that was the last day practice. you put them on. No, probably should have been. I got <laughs> ran over Oklahoma drill by a kid, you know, about heck. I was about six, one, one thirty, but. You know, that kid was probably about 5'10", 100 pounds, and he ran me over, you know, so I didn't know what I was doing. 
Well, I, 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 full disclosure, I went home from my first day of hitting in tears. And I was like, I'm going to be a, I'm going to, I'm going to wrestle. And my dad told me to not be a, you know what? He's like, quit being a, you know what? It was just, I didn't take to contact initially like a lot of kids do. It took me probably a year to get accustomed to hitting people and starting to like it. So yeah, I like we share, we share that. I like, yeah. I played receiver. You wouldn't, if you met me now, you'd be like, Mike, you'd be a good, you're a good guard back in the day. No, receiver okay um joe says notable alumni from your high school uh to notre dame i think we can all think of one off the top of our head other than you mike um any answer here well yeah obviously um rudy rudiger Rudiger. and uh tom thayer is another one so he was an offensive lineman won a super bowl with the 85 bears uh, somebody's going to kill me if I forget. There was a baseball player, but I think that's it as far as football. I think there was a McShane, like maybe a Kevin McShane, like in the 80s that that went over there. But, yeah, it's definitely a – I mean, Joliet Catholic is like a a smaller version of Notre Dame in terms of the tradition and all that kind of accompanies that. Let's see if I can get our crack staff on uh, on this. Um, do have another, um, question for you in just a second, Mike, um, from Brian has coach Freeman reached out to you? No, I don't think coach Freeman knows who I am. (laughs) Um, that'll change. It'll change. Especially if you go over there on campus. Um, Mike, have you ever met Wes Pritchett? No, but I have seen enough of, um, you know, on some of these like YouTube videos and interviews and stuff. Like I almost feel like I know the guy, <laughs> like I, I haven't ever, ever shook his hand, but I feel like we could become fast friends. All right. The crack staff has confirmed Kevin McShane, uh, I believe graduated from Notre Dame in 1990 and okay. um, went to Julia Catholic. I found an article on the web, um, from 1985 written on, on McShane well from when he was in high school. Um, all right, Mike, who do you think Notre Dame's leader in tackles will be um, this upcoming season? Oh, I like that. I, uh, well, so I would say Kali. Yeah, that's my I like guess. It. I mean, if it was Bertrand last year, just based off of effort, You've got a much better athlete, and I, I just feel like you, you know, you've watched Cincinnati's schemes. Like they really, I mean, it's designed to let those guys go run around. So it should be, it ought to be Kali. Drunk Vigo says the Dolphins still have fans. Um, they got one at least. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, like I said, it, it, it's been tough as, as a Dolphins fan. Uh, Donnie says, so Marist is not ready, but Snead is. I'm guessing th- this was a few minutes ago when you were talking about the linebackers. I don't know if you particularly said that Marist wasn't ready, uh, but in, in, any thoughts here, Mike? Uh, what I'm – yeah, and I bounce around, so I I apologize if my it didn't come across. So when I saw Marist play last prior to his injury, he wasn't – ready to be a full-time starter and that like and i i said on one of our podcasts like he was a liability 
in terms of like the overall scheme because you didn't know what he was doing kind of out of control going the wrong directions but that kind of ferociousness and the velocity that he plays and the physicality was very intriguing but i do feel like notre dame fandom i feel like a lot of folks have already penciled in maris as the starter at will you know and i think that the they've fallen in love with Snead and they almost forgot about Kali. So that competition between Marist and Kali, and I mean, I could see on for that will spot will be really intriguing, but I could see Marist sliding inside and playing Mike on third down and bump, take Bauer out of the game. I mean, there's a lot of the types of body types. We're recruiting kids that are fast. They're long. They're all six foot one, six foot two ish. And they're all, 215 to 230 ish and you can do a lot of different things with them a lot of multiplicity and that's really the strength of uh freeman's defense and the more types of more body types that we bring in like that mike gosh darn it dude we can leave isaiah fossey's hand on the ground you know and just let that guy go play himself into being a top five pick yeah, stop like, dropping in coverage yeah yeah so right. hopefully that hopefully that clears yeah. that up yeah all right, we're over an hour, dude. And any any closing right. thoughts before we sign off? Um, not necessarily. No, no. We'll have to do this again. You're gonna, maybe, yeah, yeah. That's about it. Oh, well, I'll we'll record our next one after people beat down my door to uh, have you back on. So, um, yeah. But you know, Goolsby, we'll we'll go back to uh, it's basically like our magazine once a month in the off season and weekly during the football season. That's the Blue and Gold Illustrated magazine. That's also when we'll have Mike Goolsby on our our YouTube shows. Great. All right. Thanks for having me, buddy. I'm Mike Singer. He's Mike Goolsby. It's been the Mike Goolsby Show. Hit that thumbs up, subscribe, podcast, go to the site, all that good stuff. Appreciate you guys, and we will catch you next time. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.